Welcome to the Seventh Art Podcast. This is a podcast for a video magazine called The Seventh Art. My name is Brian Robertson. I'm a producer for the magazine, and joining me is the host, Christopher Heron. Hi. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing all right. Okay, so this uh, this podcast is an interview with Costa Gavras. Is it Costa or is it Costa? Costa. Costa. I keep saying Costa. Uh, it's Costa. Costa Gavras. It's ridiculous because he's a he's legendary French filmmaker so but you see these names written right? yeah exactly um, I mean I don't even know I shook his hand and <laughs> I think I said Costa the entire time right I say Costa well it was a Mr. Gavis at the certain point yeah, yeah that's true when he showed up I called him Mr. Gavis a lot of people did not enjoy that I was drinking that coffee during this interview I, know. I don't know why I said a lot of people one particular person but, yeah it was someone finds made... it I don't know this has happened twice where I don't know what custom this is where, where you can't where, do anything. Yeah, like I'm supposed to literally be on the floor. Yeah. About, like I mean, it's, well, the idea is the idea is that it's a casual conversation over, you know, either beers at a bar or in this case. Yeah, because uh, nine a in the morning. Yeah, exactly. We we so we met Costa Gabris in, uh, in Toronto. We caught him here um, while he was presenting his film uh, Le Capital for uh, the Toronto International Film Festival in 2012. You know, he's a legendary filmmaker. We are really happy to get our hands on him. And we were really excited to get our hands on him. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. he can only meet for a short period of time. And uh, it was strange that it was actually the first interview he had done for the festival, despite being in town yeah, for like that was, three days. Yeah, no one, he was almost the, easily, the most accessible. <laughs> I thought that he was going to be the hardest to get, but no one was, was talking to him. So uh, he came through, he had been in town for three days. He came through the gallery. Uh, we were at the OCAD uh, onsite, onsite at yeah. OCAD U, which is just around the corner from uh, the Toronto International uh, Film Festival's Lightbox. Yeah, we focused mostly mostly on his his, right. his film that he was I, he was premiering it. I'm pretty sure he premiering Le Capital at uh, at the festival. And um, so, what's Le Capital about? It's it's a black comedy about the economic crisis and the the difference between those who have and those who have not right it's kind of and this is something we'll discuss in the interview but it's very closely paired with a film he did seven years before called Le Coupere or mm-hmm. The Axeman which is a black comedy about a, a man who uh loses his job in the paper industry and he's, he's going for another job but because he's so high on the pecking order and there's so few jobs available and he's getting frustrated for not getting mm-hmm. a few jobs he uh he starts killing his competition mm-hmm. um, and so it stars um it stars a french comedian he has a very a very famous uh a french comedian named gad Elmaleh. yeah he's working with a, a big cast, uh, a big name in the cast. He's working with um, Gabriel Byrne as well, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, it's a high budget film. You look at this film, you see some of the shots. It looks kind of like a An action. Michael Bay yeah, action yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. like it's, and I and I think that's to the credit of the kind of black comedy mm-hmm. and the relationship with um, economic crisis and and, and um, class struggle. Right. That also is something that was in his film uh, Eden is West, which he did three years before. They're they're all. And Z, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you go back. If you go like, back, I mean, these these are all kind of uh, black comedies. They tend to have the qualities that he's most known for now. Right. In in films like uh, Z or Z uh, and Missing, yeah. which is these political qualities that are delivered in uh, in an almost documentary style oh, yeah. back then. Yeah. Um, those rough edges are kind of gone now. Yeah. He's kind of playing with an ironic, glossy uh, look because he's. He's dealing with 
more super wealthy subject matters mm-hmm. but um, they still have that kind of strong political message despite maybe not having a difficult form which is something that uh, of course in the in the late 60s the uh, de cinema put them in one of their categories of films in a fa- famous article they wrote where they were films that had a political story but not really a political form mm-hmm. so like that that is an interesting question like you know at what point does the form need to also confront the viewer like are, are you able to walk away with that message if the form is so easy or in this case I'd say kind of ironic like are people picking up on the irony of this like lavish form uh, this, these are some of the things that we do actually talk about in this this interview um, we don't have a lot of time to to go into his older films which would have been nice but uh, I think we get a few in there mm-hmm. um, but yeah Costa was so gracious mm-hmm. uh, such a great person to uh, to have uh, interacted well, just the, with. You didn't even just met, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, I felt... Uh, so this was one we were really excited for. I know you were excited for it, Brian. I think it went well. I just, yeah, it was, yeah, I think it went really well. He came in. It was another sort of early afternoon interview. Um, I think it was 9 a.m. Was I'm it 9 a.m.? I'm pretty sure it was 9 a.m. Yeah, okay, so it was, you know, right off the top, and... Um, kind of a funny guy. Going back to... Yeah, yeah, I took a photo, yeah, if you look, you know, if you watch the video, if you can. Um... He takes a photo of our setup, right? He takes he's, a photo. He's right. excited that we're shooting with three DSLRs. He couldn't. Yeah, exactly. We had three uh, cannons. He was blown away that we, we was such an elaborate little setup. He took a picture with the lens cap on. Um, <laughs> it was really sweet and endearing. And then he, yeah, um, knocked the uh, the fox off. Yes, the fox. Our fox. Our fox. All right. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. adapting the, the book specifically? Because you were one of three screenwriters on it? No, as a matter of fact, it, it started with uh, five years ago, even six years ago, with another book, a short book, by, uh, written by um, a banker, and a very important banker in France, and explaining how the whole thing works. It's a small book of 80 pages, and it was frightening. I mean, it was, it was saying everything that happened in the, the following years, so, and as I had an idea, since now, a while, to do something about money. Mm. Money becoming a religion. And the people who are working around, the priests of that religion, you know. So that was the first thing. And then I, I found the book. And it was very interesting because it was written by some, from an insider. Mm. So uh, everything was accurate. So I started working on it. In the meantime, <clears throat> we have around us the, the crisis in France, in Europe, okay. all over, in America with the sub, uh, sub, how come, sub... Uh, uh, the uh, buyout uh, or...? No, no, you know, the, the houses, people are losing their houses because of oh, the, the uh, rents. Yeah, the uh, <coughs> mortgages. The mortgages, yeah. that's right. So we continue that, so that the idea becomes more and more stronger and more difficult also, because the old thing, it was very... Ex- very difficult to explain how it works. I met a lot of uh, financiers, people and bankers, and they were saying, we don't understand everything. We don't know what happens. Uh, some very important people say, we cannot control everything. 
So that was the, the old thing. But essentially, it's about, it's about money. And uh, for me, it's uh, money and uh, in ethics. Mm. Because there is, no, there is a kind of uh, uh, way of don't caring about the other people thinks or happens to other people. The cynicism, kind of general cynicism, mm. and the, the the book itself was uh, was modeled like was, was it a similar story, or was there many liberties taken to kind of translate it to the screen? Not really. I don't have any model. I mean, the the whole thing was well written in the book. Mm, yeah. Even if his the character in the book was a bit excessive, yeah. he used to spend his time looking porno movies, and he was, he, did, he was closing his uh, office saying, "No, I'm 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 working." Yeah. Was that kind of things. <laughs> But it was very, a bit very uh, comico, tragical for mm -hmm. the simple, for for a movie. You can show it once, and then that's all. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and humor is, is an important part in it, like a dark, maybe cynical humor. And, and I'm wondering how was that something that you were drawn to, or is that something you emphasized? Yes, I tried to emphasize it a little bit. Even at the beginning, I didn't think about uh, God, the Malay, who was really a humorist, extraordinary humor. I don't know if you're familiar with his name. In France, he's the biggest star for the humor. Okay. I mean, you go down the streets, everybody stops. God, God. And uh, but I think I think I didn't like to make it just a tragedy, just mm. to be a dark thing. I tried to find something to make it be humorous here and there. And uh, of course, with him, become even more stronger. Mm. Yeah. And and. I'm wondering what point, was it the book or your own uh, intervention where the, the importance of screens in, in the film came, came to be? Because I think that's my favorite part, is how no, they deal with technology. Uh, no, I like the idea today, you, you, there is no more telephones. Yeah. You, people, you talk to people directly, mm -hmm. and more and more, and it's so easy. And uh, so that was the idea. The technique, technology, and you go that fast, everything goes fast, that fast. Which I couldn't put, fortunately, is that the decisions who are made, they take in uh, tens of seconds. I mean, it was very quick decision they have mm, to make. Yeah. And we're speaking at a certain moment, they are computers who decide by themselves mm. what to buy, what to sell, the exchange, and there is more and more. We speak a little bit about that, but it was very difficult to, to make it much more clear. Mm. There's another kind of subplot that I, I found interesting, which is the role of art in the film. Uh, versus maybe the game of, of, of money and even the, the literal game of the video games that are in, in the film, but there's the, the counterpoint of the use of uh, Matisse, I think, and there's definitely a Liechtenstein. That's right. Uh, That's right. The idea that the children used to play on the streets or a garden and be happy running around, mm. and then with those machines, they spend all the time, mm. hours and hours, doing stupid things. I mean, winning something which is uh, completely abstract. <laughs> Numbers. Say yeah. I won. <laughs> uh, was the, was the art like it's it's a backdrop, but it and it com comes up in the dialogue a bit. But it seems like it's maybe more the influence of the main character's wife, or you know, I had I tried also to sh to to show with his wife and the other ladies mm. his relationship with 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 women. Yeah. Uh, which is are superficial or very quick, or the, even if it's love. Uh, it doesn't last so much. So the the big love, it's have the power, and even though it's the money, but it's not so much the money. It's really the pleasure of deciding this and that. And they have ten millions. It's an abstract number, mm. ten millions. But he, for him, it's a, it's a way of being stronger. 
yeah. to be someone more and more. And and the the film is in points filmed almost like an action film, like especially yeah. in Miami. And, and I was wondering why you had that kind of aesthetic. No, I think you know, for, for me, a movie it's it's all it's a show. People go mm. to a movie, to the movies to to see th things happening, to have feelings, mm. to to hate, to love, to cry, to I don't well, you know all those good feelings you have, good or bad feelings anyway. So uh, it's important. It was so, so it was important to tell the story in a way those feelings be uh, probably stronger, be mm. more clear, more yeah. And, and of course, Miami. It's a kind of uh, for 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 the European audience. For all of it's a kind of myth. Yeah. Be go to Miami. So it was important to show Miami how the things happening, and to go from the plane to the boat directly. That's that kind of uh, kind of life thing. Mm. What some people can have. Yeah. And Miami, we have been in Miami. No. Oh God, it's the most extraordinary place one can visit. There's thousands of boats like yeah. the one you saw, everywhere. And uh, the 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 boat we have in the movie, the the captain told me he's there for all year. They go out for three weeks maximum every year, three four weeks. That's all. Mm. And the boat stays there. And all the other boats like this. I mean, it's. People have a boat in Miami. <laughs> have a house in Miami. It's that kind of. Uh, there would be a good movie to make about that. <laughs> so that's kind of a, a different type of wealth for maybe a European audience, because it would be the opposite here. If we were trying to show a kind of exotic wealth in North America, it would be a, a old European. To be happy, <laughs> but you never know the audience. We should speak about what's their audience. They yeah. an audience. They are audiences. So. The, the, the concerning that aspect, for me, it's the first viewer, it's the director. Mm. So we have to play like the first, being the first viewer and then the others, inshallah. <laughs> is, is there any worry that the, the humor element may take away from the socio-political uh, message? <clears throat> he could, if it's an exaggeration, yeah. if you go too much in that direction, yes. But also sometimes humor, take Charlie Chaplin. You see today the modern times, yeah. it's like exactly the same thing like today. So everything is humorist, humor, mm. but at the same time it's very social, very, very, very real. Mm. No, no, humor is, you're right, it can be a big danger because then you, you, you lose the story mm. just for the laugh or for the smile, whatever. Yeah, it has to be used really with uh, big attention. Was one way you got around that the kind of direct address to the audience that happens that kind of breaks that the entertainment for a moment? It's it's at the beginning and at the end, especially. No, the idea was to someone telling his story. Yeah. And telling his story, say, I talk to you. Yeah. And then at the end also to make it, because I, I believe that the character should be not completely dark. Mm. The idea is to have a kind of relation to create a kind of relation with the character. Mm. So like someone who says I'm a bad guy but I do this and that, so at the same time becomes a bad guy, but it's not so bad guy at the same You understand it in a different, you, you, you listen to him in a different way. Mm. And, and the use of the kind of dream sequences, I don't know, like what he wants to be doing, almost, they're almost moral, like what he Yeah, he wants to do, but he yeah, doesn't do it. Yeah. He doesn't do it. What, what role did those play? Was it, was it to try to, again, establish this character as someone who's not completely bad, that's someone that no, it, because precisely, uh, it's not completely bad, it's not yeah. completely dark, but he has 
because these people are very well educated, mm. uh, very intelligent. Mm. So they, they understand the situations very well. They know also exactly what, what has to be done, mm. but they don't do it. They go all in the, all the, the direction around. That's the idea of those uh, flash, uh, flash, uh, memory flash. Yeah, yeah, memory. Flashback, yeah. Uh, flash forward, I guess. Right, that's right, <laughs> flash forward. That's and, and he's a character that wanted, uh, got a PhD and, and wanted to kind of win a Nobel Prize. And I'm wondering, is that like the alternate path that could happen with that? The dreams, the yeah. dreams to have a Nobel Prize is the biggest, yeah. biggest thing one can, can get. Yeah. And he, he, most of them, they are, they are, uh, have a PhD, no, they have Polytechnic, called Polytechnic. I don't know if familiar, but called Polytechnic. It's oh, a, yeah, in yeah. the schools, yeah. the highest place where you can be in, in France. Yeah. There's two or three schools, essentially called Polytechnic. Uh, so it means it means they are very intelligent, very well educated, knowing several languages and so forth. Mm. So that's one way to use that same knowledge, and he's chosen the other path. Yeah, chosen the pleasure. Finally, mm. what he yeah. does is for his pleasure. He also seems, though, and, and this is true for a lot of the characters in your films, to be kind of a character that has a loneliness that is created by the circumstance they're in or the kind of system. Oh, yes, yes. But, you know, I believe the money make people uh, much more individualistic. You yeah. don't care about the other people. You mm -hmm. care about your uh, interest, your money, your and your family, and that's all. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of isolation. Yeah. And it made me think specifically of uh, Luc Couperet. Um, was it the Axeman? Which your, one? your film, uh, is it Luc Couperet? Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, with the, it was adapted by the, the paper, the paper uh, administrator. Oh, oh, yes, yes. The, the two films seem very closely linked in my mind. I'm wondering, is that something that when you were drawn to the material you saw? Because it's also a very darkly funny film about. Yes, because you have. I was told that you have in 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 in, in made those major uh, companies mm. you have always a person who knows everything, <laughs> and everybody, everybody trusts him. Mm. And it's a kind of man like uh, like the you know like Dostoevsky, Roma uh, mm, yeah. novels, and uh, in the moment those guys he, they just run away. <laughs> and it happens also. When that kind of thing happens in the back, nobody speaks about that. Yeah. They cover it immediately. That's the sort of person, yeah. Yeah, and it was also, also one where it's kind of has a bleak outlook, but it's, it's very funny how, how upsetting yes. it is. Yes, and, and essentially this particular actor gives to the character a kind of re, another dimension, mm. because he's so good, he's, so, he's funny, he's... Uh, uh, he's he exteriorizes everything mm. in a very simple way. And what I find interesting about those two films together is that they're both kind of about money, ultimately. But that film has uh, an interesting element with these ads. I believe, who was it? Uh, Oliviero Toscani, the photographer, kind of helped you make these ads that, that kind of come through the film. And they're really, uh, they're, there's like an alienating quality to them. You see? Yeah. <laughs> And it reminded me kind of of the element of the screens in, in mm -hmm. Capital, where it's this extra level about how maybe society functions beyond just uh, the main characters. 
Yes, I did. I, I didn't exactly understand that. Yes. Sorry. You, you know what I'm saying? Like um, those ads in uh, in uh, Le Couperet with the. Mm -hmm. I think oh, oh yes, made. that's right. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And they're they're yes. really strange because there's no text, but they're clearly ads. It just ads, absolutely. Yeah. We we we. No, it's so the idea in the Cooper anyway. It was the idea we were surrounded mm. with propositions, so yeah, beautiful yeah. things to have, beautiful girls, beautiful I don't know houses, whatever. And uh, but we cannot get them. The big majority of people cannot get them, but mm. they are there. Yeah, they are prom personal, permanent proposition, and I believe it changed completely the mentality of people. Mm. Yeah, and especially for the women, because if you're not pretty like this. Uh, women there, you 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 feel awkward. You mm. would like to be, mm. so you you don't accept yourself. Same for some men with you know the Miss Lavasas people, big guys, guys with very macho, mm. uh, young people would like to be like them. It's a kind destroying the identity in a certain way, because the first thing one believe one has to to do is to accept himself. Mm. Say I'm this and I like this and I have to live with this. Mm. But we are surrounded with that kind of, uh, of propositions of being or, or having. Mm. There's, there's a moment in Le Couperet that's always stuck with me, which is where uh, the main character is, uh, he's committed a crime and someone else has been arrested for it, and that person uh, oh, yeah. commits suicide, but it's on the yeah. news report, like they show it. <laughs> and I'm wondering if there was a moment kind of like that in, in Capital, because there's similar films where it's very, it, like it's a humorous film overall, but there's this very charged, serious moment. Oh yes, uh, you know, uh, it's something. In France, we don't like very much to mix up humor mm. and with tragedy. Yeah. It's even very negative. Uh, critics don't like that. People like that, but I mean, generally, the the, the general aesthetical idea they, it's not accepted. Yeah. But I think it's very important. I believe if you go through the through the big theater, the tragedies, the Shakespeare and uh, ancient Greeks, you find always some kind of humor mm. or humoristic situations uh, because of the contradiction that mm. creates. Because also sometimes the tension you create and then something becomes more humoristic mm. uh, because the people feel liberate themselves in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of in Capital what might be, that maybe it's the relationship with the wife is, is, is where it's actually just tragic. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see the audience here, because we saw the film uh, the first time in the audience here, when he says to the, uh, to the uh, two collaborators, you are, you are fired. People laugh, I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> was it because maybe that when they lose a job, it's funny, but when other probably, people lose probably, a job, yes. it's not. Yeah. That's an interesting yeah. Uh, observation. Yeah, yeah, for that, the, the audience, you cannot say about the audience. Mm. I mean, it's always a surprise. Well, it might, might have to do with the North American audience and, and the higher level people getting these, these severance packages that are so... Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, Le Coupere and Capital also kind of have a film noir quality where the, the story is kind of being recounted after the fact. Because yeah. Capital begins and you know he's going to write those books. And there is kind of link between both, that's yeah. right, in a certain way, yes. Because we are, we're living in the same world, as a matter of fact, yes. Yeah. Money, money world. 
When, when you're coming to a project, um, how do you decide on which kind of genre you're going to work in or what style? Because those two films are kind of linked, and then there, there are a number of films that are kind of share uh, uh, story elements with the, the Nazis, and then there are more of the thrillers yeah. in the past. Yeah. Uh, is, is it the material, or, or do you decide that you want to work in maybe a, a genre first and then find the material? No, I think first of all, it's the story. Mm -hmm. And the story, lit by lit, gives you the style. Yeah. The only way you're going to shoot it or not. Uh, I don't believe that the, my generally my, my my let's say if I can say my cinematographic project, uh, it's not to to go to a kind of aesthetism or to to style. Mm. It's to tell the story, and each story imposes, if I can say, a certain style in a way. I know I'm familiar, for example, with a movie like uh, The Confession. Yeah. So the confession had a completely different style, nothing to do with the other movies, because of the story itself, mm. and so forth. The earlier films also seem to be a little rougher, uh, and the newer ones, uh, they have a kind of a polish, and I'm wondering, is that a change in your own interests, or is it technologies allowing No, it's the technologies, it changes also because you see what the younger people are doing around <laughs> them, the style, they, of course, today the editing, you see the clips, I have a son who does yeah. clips, or probably you're familiar yeah. with. So I'm surprised to, to see what he does. I say, I will never be able to do that. Yeah. Or to accept it also. By accepting it because of young people doing it. And mm. so the, the, the cinema changed radically. Look at the cameras you have here. I'm very surprised with this camera. We used to shoot with a big camera. Um, is, is there certain, when you have story elements that are similar, like say something like Music Box and, and uh, Amen have certain shared story elements um, with what, they're, what they're, the subject matter is, um, does that impact a similar style? Because those two films look very different. Oh yes, yes. We go back to the style with Music Box, for example, mm -hmm. have a completely different style. It was, uh, the movie it's longer mm -hmm. because the relationship are a family relationship, so we cannot go very fast. Mm -hmm. Instead, this one, everything, everybody goes fast. Everything goes fast. The, the, the decisions, the people, the way they live, the people, the way they eat. I mean, it's completely different. So, there, a style is being created, uh, unconsciously, I would say, because the story imposes a style. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there a different, um, what is the difference between the, the films you've been making recently in Europe versus the, the ones that you're making in, in the United States, or with the American actors, I'll say? No, there's no essential difference of, yeah, there's a difference, as you used to say, a friend of mine, uh, it's, there is much more donuts in, <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> uh, no, the, 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 the difference, you see it immediately because of the surrounding different. The houses are different. The, house, the, the, the cars are different. Everything is different. The way the people speak and act are different. But essentially, and when I shoot in the United States, I shoot with my same people, my same cameraman, same sound people, same editor. Uh, but of course, the, the, the story, the people live differently, so the movies are different. Mm. Do you, uh, I, I know with Missing, you famously had to kind of like argue to get Jack Lemmon cast in that role. Was there any, is there, has that been something that's happened since then? I know that the, the lead actor for the new film changed at a certain point. Yeah, the, the idea of Jack Lemmon, it was an original, but not so original idea, to mm. tell you the truth. I yeah. saw Save the Tiger, which oh, yeah. his ex was extraordinary, yeah. Save the Tiger. And, uh, but the, the, the executives in the universe, they haven't seen Save the Tiger, so, so they say, 
Clemon is the apartment. Even the apartment is also a kind of very tragic story yeah. in a certain way. Uh, but Jack, the, the good relation with Jack is, is the first actor. He read the script next day. He gave me the script, I think, on Wednesday. And Friday called me, say, come, we'll talk about the story. Mm. Sometimes they spend weeks to read the script. And then the relationship it was complete, very, very close, very, very, very strong one. And, uh, but a part of this, I believe that the, the, the comedians, mm. they have a different rhythm of playing, a different of approach of the scenes. And if they accept to play a, a, a serious role, then that kind of difference, that kind of rhythm, you have it also in, in, in the best possible way. Yeah. Mm. Did you have that in Capital, working with the... Oh yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Because as I told you, he's, yeah. he probably never did something serious. Yeah. And uh, he understood very quickly, I think uh, it was very easy. Sometimes he was overdoing, so it was enough to say, God, slow down. <laughs> and, no, no, he, he, he's a very clever man also. He's very sensitive. And uh, I, believe, I believe that the way an actor lives his in life, mm. it's very important. What he thinks also socially, it's important oh. for what he, the way he plays the role. Yeah. Is that something that you... I'm not speaking about, about voting for this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The way he, he, he treats other people, mm. his relationship. At, at what point does that play into choosing the, the actor actress? Like, do you, when, when are you casting, or do you have someone in mind when you've looked at the script? Yes, sometimes yeah. writing the script, yes, you have always someone in mind, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen all the time, so you have to. But uh, I go. No, I know very much the act, well the actors because when I was assistant, the French assistants mm. used to do the casting. We used to do the scouting mm. for the director, so uh, I have. I'm very familiar with the actors. I, I think it's the first. I believe. Some colleagues don't believe that, but I believe very strongly that the most important collaborators for a director are the actors, mm. because they are the ones who bring the story to the audience. If they are good, if they are bad, you lose everything. Yeah. Of course, the other, the other uh, collaborators, like the technicians, for example, the, the, the cinematographer, they're okay, but a bad, a bad photographed scene with a very good actor, you don't see the photography, you see the actor. Mm. And the contrary also doesn't work. <laughs> a great photographer doesn't save the wind. The, yeah. the nice colors and nice way of being shot doesn't save the scene if the actor is not good. Mm. With your films, people tend to associate you with maybe uh, Zed or uh, State of Siege or, or Missing, the, that type, the kind of thriller. But uh, I'm wondering more how you approach projects like Eden is West or even maybe Conseil de Famille, uh, where those are drastically different. Well, they are drastically different. The Conseil de Famille, I think I, think I made a mistake. I should have worked with someone. I spent too much time with the script, so I couldn't see exactly the, the, the old thing. Uh, the, the, the story was about how the, the, uh, the, uh, the idea of having a lot of goods, you got money, change the people, yeah. and how you have a new generation, less in Europe, don't care about that. They are ready to have a good life without having 
big money. Uh, but it doesn't come out so well, I believe. I'm afraid. Uh, but that was the, the theme, the major theme for the, for, for the movie. Mm. And of course, all this done in a kind of humoristic way, because it's also a tragedy, because they have to, they have to uh, betray their parents at the end. But it doesn't, I don't believe it comes out so well. How is that? But you know, you believe to something, you do it, and then you go to the theater with the audience, they don't follow it. <laughs> so that's it. It's as simple as that. Do you think it was just the expectations at the time? Because it was kind of diff it was different. No, first I think the script. Yeah. First the script and then the... No, because, because uh, uh, Johnny was good. Uh, you were familiar with yeah. Johnny. And the other actors are very great actors. And uh, Johnny was okay. But, but no, I think it's essentially the script. Mm. And, and I, I thought of that film when I was watching Eden and Eden West. And I was wondering if you could mm. talk a bit about that project. Because that mm. comes between... Uh, Capital and it comes between yeah. but it's again a complete shift. Yeah, it's almost it. It's the weight of it is not as obvious, maybe. Probably, probably, and also, I don't know. I have to wait a little bit to see what happens with Eden, mm -hmm. because the, the time also exp historically probably the movie didn't arrive to the right moment, mm. unless for France, because there was too much too much tension mm. about the about the immigration. Uh, the movie was telling something completely different. I don't know. I have to wait to see that. Well, I read that some people felt like the, the, the use of the police was exaggerated. Um, yes, yes, some people say so, but they, 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 when you live in Paris, you don't see the police because you are legal. But if you are illegal, they are everywhere. So that was the idea. There is police everywhere in Paris. I mean, mm. it's, it's enough to open the eyes to see this everywhere. Mm. You, you don't see here then, no. but in France, where? <laughs> and it's almost like a road movie too, in some yeah. respects. <laughs> yeah. What was it like working with a kind of a, a genre like that or a tradition like that, but giving it, twisting it with this kind of political or social social message? But it. It was the only idea it was to try to, to see what someone who doesn't know the space, the geographical space, who doesn't know the mentalities, who, know, who doesn't speak the language, how he sees the world, how he reacts and how the other people react with him. So that's, that's essentially the, 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 the idea. And I think about immigration, the majority of people are like, willing to do something good, but they are to the limit. I keep saying, if you someone sleeps next to your home, you have a room empty, you don't tell him come and sleep inside. I won't do it, <laughs> and nobody will do it. Why? Because it's like this. I mean, you're scared, so forth. So that's uh, that was the general idea with that. You give him a jacket, you give him some money, mm. and that's all. You you feel better, but you don't give him more than you don't really give him what he needs. Mm. I also like how it's called Eden is West and there's kind of this paradise at the end that he's in search of, but most people, especially people who would be native uh, to, to France or some of the richer Western European countries, would find the, the resort to be the actual Eden that the film begins with. And I was trying to understand kind of that culture. It made me think of uh, uh, Michel Houbeck's mm -hmm. writing. And, and is that is that like meant to be a kind of juxtaposition where that film it starts? It is, in a yeah. certain way it is, absolutely, you're right. 
Oh, you know his work. <laughs> his, his is a bit more <laughs> extreme, but yeah. but yeah, it, what, where, where, where does that film resolve for you when he's looking at the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower and makes that decision? Because the idea is the, the dream, mm. to dream to Paris. What's Paris is about the Eiffel Tower. It is something positive also. The problem there is something, I think, probably something very personal. Mm. Because, uh, because there is hope mm. and uh, you know that you can also succeed in Paris. I did in a certain <laughs> way. So that was a little bit the idea with the uh, Eiffel Tower. Mm. Uh, you, you dream of it. And then it happens, and I think if you, if the, I, I would like to say that if the character insists, mm. if he's willing really to stay there to do everything he can, he will succeed. That mm. was because it's the, the, the French mentality, the French possibility. It's not easy at the beginning, but then little by little it can be, it can be uh, one can be accepted. Mm. There's, there's one film of yours that I'm really curious about that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, Betrayed, um, because Maybe I'll just let you uh, start with how the production of that. I find it the most curious of all of your, well, your the films. The Betrayed, you yeah, mean? Yeah. No, The Betrayed started in a funny way. We, 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 uh, we started, the Winkler came to Paris mm. and he says, I didn't know him, he said, what are you, I would like to make a movie with you, what are you doing? I said, we're trying to make a movie about the right, extreme right-wing people in Paris, but I don't find exactly the, the, the right story and how to approach it. He said, we have with uh, Joe Esterhausen to discuss about that, and why you don't come to discuss with Joe and see if we can do. So I went to the Los Angeles, we started discussing with Joe, and he told me a lot of stories. And then we started working about that. So that and we went around to the United States, with Nebraska, Idaho, Montana, and I discovered extraordinary things there. And the story, so we did the story. Uh, it was very, very badly accepted in the United States. Mm -hmm. they, how can, where you see those things in front, in the United States, you know, it doesn't exist. And, uh, because people live in Los Angeles or in New York, so they, Never go to Montana to see all those guys <laughs> who are shooting. And they learn to their kids. Yeah. We saw all those things, and then we have a kind of strong relationship with with FBI in in Chicago, yeah. and they show us extraordinary docu documentaries about because they have insiders from the FBI. People go inside them and they film them and they take pictures. Yeah. I don't know. I have to see it again that movie to see now to after so many years to see how how it works. What I find interesting about it is that the look of the film and, and the actors cast in it, they're very much of the time in the United States, but the subject matter gets further and further away from what it, how it appears. Like, it appears to be mainstream, it appears to be very accessible, yeah. but the story gets more and more difficult as it goes along. Because you discover also in the reality more and more things. Yeah, yeah. And this is, all, this is a big problem also with some movies. Yeah. But the central relationship also I found interesting to pair with your film uh, Hannah Kay mm -hmm. because it, it again is two people that are opposites but there is, that's, it's complex, they're, it, they're not completely um, divorced from one another. Yeah, it was complex because the story there is, it was very complex mm -hmm. and at that time it was even more complex because nobody would accept 
what the movie says, mm. which means to accept the Palestinians as a reality. Yeah. You have to wait up until uh, Jack Rabin, mm. and they say, okay, they are here, we accept them. Before they used, people used to say, who are they, where are they? Mm. So that, that's, so the movie has a very bad, bad uh, extremely bad career. Oh, really? <laughs> It's one that I've found kind of has more and more defenders as time goes along. I was trying to understand, or trying to determine why that would be, because watching it now, it doesn't seem as... No, now, I mean, what happens now, it's nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's enough to tell you that when we shoot the movie, we have been there, we were able to travel everywhere. Part of the crew was Israelis, part of the crew, some Palestinians also. And today, nothing of that can be can be happening. The, the situation is very, very tough. And that that made me think of Capital because it's another film, like, like all of your films, that are very concerned with what's happening right now. Um, In a certain way, yes. But it's going to happen. My feeling for years and for years to come. Yeah. With with Capital, you think it's going to like that problem that it. it <coughs> if we tell stories concerning our societies, mm. uh, you you have the story in. A, historical moment, mm. precise. Mm. So as the story changes, then uh, they, they, they are behind it. They, of course, that's probably the, the big problem. Mm. Yeah. And uh, maybe I'd conclude with my, one of my favorite films of yours, which is Claire de Femme. Uh, and I, I think what I find interesting is it's maybe the least obvious as a Costa Gavras film, if anyone watches it. Yes, everybody says that. <laughs> because I am, I am casted. <laughs> I'm put in a certain box. Yeah. It has to do this and how, how did that film come, come to uh, fruition? No, this it was, you know, uh, as a human being, when I did that, I, uh, I was arriving in a certain period of my life where things, going over 40, uh, think, you start thinking about life differently. Mm about women, about your wife, about the life, and so forth. So that, that it's, something, it's something very close linked to me, there's no doubt. I believe it, probably other people don't believe it. <laughs> it's visually the most distinct yeah. out of all, or it's the most different from all your other films. Yeah. And I was wondering how those decisions were made. Because of the story itself, as yeah. I was saying before, and it's Paris. Mm. And it's a, a world which has nothing to do with other worlds I, I, I work it on. And so it's, uh, it comes out with, again, almost unconsciously. Mm. Well, it may, made me think of Cocteau, especially. Uh, and maybe, like, maybe that's as you say, it's, it's, it's Paris. It's, it's got that kind of... Well, Paris has its own aesthetics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it, it, that has, maybe I, I just made a kind of cinematic link there, but I'm wondering, to take it back to Capital, are, are there any films or styles that are influencing how you shot that film? Probably did, probably, surely did, because yeah. I spent my life looking at movies yeah. and trying to understand what the other directors have done, the, the different schools and so forth. So uh, I cannot say it's, a, it's an influence from him or that, mm. but it's, I'm sure there is influences, no doubt. You, 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 you live surrounded and being fed with, being, uh, I mean, with, with that other movies, other movies people, other movies, so the influence you were with, no doubt. Mm. Probably also some of the directors with whom I work, and the way they, because I was very, generally very close to the director, so I, 
with Jacques Demy, for example. Mm. Uh, Jacques Demy was someone like uh, uh, looking in a completely different way from uh, René Clément, for example, the other director. And also, I was uh, I, have, I have the chance to work also with someone who started the silent period, René Clair. Yeah. René Clair has a kind of very different way of uh, of uh, making uh, frames. I mean, saying. He would hate a close shot like this. How can do that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, for him, being here, it was already a very close shot. Mm. Even when he, he has done the movies, the very last movies he did. Uh, so all those things end, end up by by creating, uh, by influencing the, the way I'm working. I'm sure they did. That's interesting you mentioned that because I was going to say that the way you stage uh, scenes, um, it tends to be more like a silent film almost where it's a, a, a longer shot and you, you're emphasizing more of the gestures and the movements of the individuals. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is, there, say. is there a project that you are uh, developing now? I'm, I'm curious of what... No, no, no. I, 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 I'm trying to... I have a couple of ideas, so I have to find the story. Probably we go on write a story with uh, starting to write a story. Well, I see. I don't know yet. I don't know. It's always difficult to speak about those ideas. Is there a genre maybe that you're you're keen to work in? No, no. It's something which interests me a lot. So I would like to find a way of uh, telling that story. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. You know, I would like to. Do, I would like. To Stay there, I would like to take a picture with those cameras because for me it's something... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>